Welcome to Gracious Words. Gracious Words is taken from the weekly women's Bible study taught by Cheryl Broderson at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California. We behold your glory, God, in the face of Christ. It shows us who you are, revealing who you are. Today, we begin a new series in the book of Hebrews called Our Great Faith. Listen along with us as Cheryl teaches us about our faith, how it has evidence and substance to it, and how it is secure and unchanging. part one of Cheryl's message titled, Introduction to Our Great Faith. How many of you have been to Yosemite? Okay, Yosemite is one of my favorite places. I went there for the first time when I was eight years old with my dad and my mom and my sister and her boyfriend and my brother, Chuck, and his girlfriend. Neither one of those two people became spouses, so... We kind of, you know how that is. Their, their pictures are cut out of all the, the pictures. But I remember just my dad had vacationed every summer in Yosemite as a boy. So not only was it like incredible to see Half Dome for the first time, to see Bridalville Falls, to see all these sites, but it was amazing to hear my father's stories as we went through. And when it came to this study, And what we wanted to illustrate about our great faith, they they came back with different covers for the book. And and one of them was flowers. And I love flowers. But the flower fades. You know, I don't know about you, but my flowers die. Whether they're on the plant or in the vase, they die. There's a time limit to my flowers. But Half Dome is made out of granite, and it just looks the same. Now, I went there when I was a kid. I went there a few years ago. It looks the same, and it hasn't moved one iota. It's still right there. And as I thought about what does our great faith look like, we're told in Hebrews chapter 11 that our faith has substance and evidence. It is firm. It's a stronghold. It does not move. It does not change. When we were praying about what to call the study of Hebrews, the title came, Our Great Faith. And there are many reasons to talk about Hebrews in terms of our great faith. And it's important to know that our faith is great because there's so many misconceptions about faith. Many think that faith is a force that you harness. You know, like, you know, and that's why you'll say, well, you have faith. You know, I don't really have, you know, I believe, but I don't have faith. No, faith is not this force. It's not like Star Wars. It's not a force, you know, trust the force. It's not a force. It's a person. Others think it's a special power possessed in greater measure by some Christians than other Christians. 
not true. Some think it's acceptance of everything. Well, you just, you know, you just say, well, that's just the way it is. No. In fact, sometimes faith will cause a holy discontentment with the status quo and what you see. Some people think it's an ability, like a talent, a gift to believe, or almost a divine gullibility. I don't know. I just believe. You know? Sorry. My kids would be so embarrassed if they saw that. Faith has substance and has evidence. It is the body of what we believe about Jesus Christ. That's what faith is. Faith is not a force. Faith is the substance or essence of what we know to be true about Jesus Christ, about who he is, about what he's done, and about what he has said. And as we believe in Jesus, the truth about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the only God-man, we have faith. We have faith. When you first believed, it went in like a mustard seed, small. There was something in you that said, this is true. And you responded to that. And then as you begin to read the Bible and come to church, it began to grow and grow. And you became more and more sure that Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for the sins of the world and rose again, the only begotten son of God. And it is on that premise, on that substance that you have faith. That is what faith is. Now, no matter how much you believe a lie, it does not turn the lie to truth. If you have faith in a lie, you have no power. Believing in Santa Claus does not make him a real person, does not make him appear at Christmas time, does not cause a blockage in your chimney, does not create reindeer, one with a red nose, no matter how much you believe. I mean, if believing a lie would actualize it and bring a power to it, you know what? Santa Claus would be alive. Because think about all those under six who believe in Santa Claus. It would be an actuality. If all it took was believing or it was a force or a power, then Santa Claus would be a real person. If I believe my iWatch can teleport me to a different location and I act on that and I sell my car, I will never go anywhere. I will be stuck in one place. So faith is only as great as the truth it believes in, acts upon, and is established in. But let me say this, our faith is great because it is based in the greatness of the Son of God. That's why our faith is great. Because our faith is about the ultimate word of God, the expressed image of God, the creator God, the incarnate God, the saving God, the victorious God, the caring, compassionate God, the God who is the fulfillment of all the law and the prophets, the substance of which 
The law, the tabernacle, the temple, the feast, the promises, the rituals, we're all pointing to. Our faith is great because it's based in the Son of God. That's why it's great, because of the person, the object of our faith. Our faith is great because it brings us into a new and living covenant with God. When we believe in Jesus Christ, we come into a relationship with God. We are, so to speak, come into a marriage with God, a covenant relationship where God promises to bless and work in our lives. And we promise to believe and surrender and trust and entrust to him. It's a living covenant with God. And we can only enter this living covenant with God by believing or faith in Jesus Christ. Our faith is great because by believing in Jesus, we receive or the benefits of believing in Jesus Christ, the benefits of placing our faith in Jesus Christ are the forgiveness of all our sins. Now that's huge. That is absolutely huge. They are forgiven and they are forgotten. They are removed from us as far as the east is from the west. And God has said, I will remember them no more. They've been paid for in full. To try to take them back would be to say that the blood of Jesus Christ was ineffective or not enough. But it was so effective. It was more than enough. But it also gives us the favor of God. That God looks at us and says, I like them. I love them. They get to go to the front of the row. They get to be first on the plane. Don't you love favor? Don't you like, you know, when somebody knows you, it's like, hey. I remember um, I had this teacher. Her name was Mrs. Bean. You You don't forget a name like that. And for some reason in her class, I found out later, I had this favor. I remember she marked out. She was my math teacher, and she marked it that I got 100%. And I went up to her, and I said, Mrs. Bean, I didn't get 100%. I missed one. And so she said, oh. And she almost looked like grieved, like hurt that she had to mark one off on my paper. You know, so it was like minus one. A, not A plus. And I went back to my seat, and it was time to dismiss. And she said, I'm going to let Cheryl go five minutes early because she was honest. And I was like, oh, I was honest. I floated out of class. I still remember. I mean, look, I'm 58, and I remember what happened in fourth grade. That's kind of sick. When I was in sixth grade, she called me to her room, and she said to me, Cheryl, I'm a Christian, and I've seen Jesus on you. And there's some of us that are praying for you, and I just want you to know that. Isn't that amazing? But that favor, that favor is just, oh, to know you're favored, but oh, we have favor, the favor of God. So he looks at us and he says, you're my child and I delight in you, the favor of God, which is also the grace of God. We have the promises of God. Because of Jesus, because of our faith in Jesus, 
all the promises of God all throughout that Bible, this Bible are ours. We can lay claim to them and know that they will be accomplished. You can't say, well, that was just for Isaiah or the people of Israel. No, all those promises through Jesus Christ, because he earned them, become our promises. So we can lay claim. We can plant ourselves in. We can pray according to the promises and know they will come true. All the blessings of God are ours. All the blessings, all the the honor, the the joy, the, the good things, the future, the hope are ours. But also our faith is great because the power of God, we we receive the power of God. You're not on your own. It's not by your strength. It's not by your might, but by the spirit of the Lord. God will accomplish these things. So as we put our trust in Jesus Christ, we receive the power of God working through our lives. We receive the righteousness of God, the righteousness. We we meet that righteous requirement because of our faith in Jesus Christ, because we believe God about Jesus and it is counted for us as righteousness. We receive hope, hope, hope for every circumstance, difficulties and trials, hardship. They do not take us down. But we have hope in all things that God will work and do the extraordinary. But we also have hope in death. We sorrow, but not as those that have no hope. We miss those who have gone into heaven before us. But we know that they are glorified, perfected, and we will be with them in glory. And we will be singing around the throne room of God. And eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the mind or heart of man the things that God intends for those who love him. There's so much more that we cannot understand as long as we're earthbound. But all the glories that await us. So we have hope. I love how John Wesley put it in the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. He said, strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. This is what we get through our faith in Jesus Christ. So it's great. Our faith is great because by faith, we become joint heirs with all the saints who accomplish great feats won battles, obtained promises, passed tests, made right choices, received their dead back to life, brought down walls, and simply survived and thrived in persecution. We become joint heirs. Their reward is also our reward. I mean, we can call it like, you know, Abraham's wife, Sarah, my sister, Sarah, my brother, Abraham, We're joint heirs. I was reading just in my personal devotions the other day where Jesus said, many will come from the east and the west and they'll sit down and they'll eat and drink with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. These are just my friends. There's no like, oh, it's Brad Pitt. None of that. (laughs) When we get to heaven, it's like, hey, David. David's like, hey, you ever ever do a slingshot? Want to learn? Want to go on an adventure? Like, yeah. All those people that you've read about 
We're joint heirs. Our adventure continues with them. Our faith is great because by it, through faith, just believing, God accomplishes his good, great, and perfect will. God does extraordinary things because all the glory goes to God. When it's about faith, we can't take credit for it. We can't say, well, yes, I went to, you know, I trained for this. You know, I got educated for this. I No, all of that is done away with. There's no boasting. Because faith rolls all the glory onto God, all the responsibility onto God. It's about God. It's all about God and not about us. Our faith is great because it works in us and through us the divine life of Christ. It gives Jesus more and more superiority in our hearts and minds and lives. Oh, it gives more and more to Jesus. It's like, Lord, I just found an unsurrendered area. Take it, take it quick. I've I've been reading, I'm doing this research. I'm writing this children's book, Pray For Me. And it has to do with the Knights of Templar, but in my book, they're called the Knights of Salem. And it's it's a children's book. And as I'm writing this, I've been studying the Crusaders. And the Crusaders would take, they would take a Muslim stronghold like Akko or Antioch and they would take it and they would possess it but even after they possessed it there were still Islamic strongholds in these cities and those who were of the Saracens they were attacking the crusaders and the Knights of Templar from these strongholds that were still in the city now the city was possessed by the crusaders they had the reign over it But it took time to drive, to search out and to find where the enemy was and to rid the city completely. So it was completely surrendered to the crusaders. So in our life, you see, there are some holdouts. We give our life to Jesus Christ, but there's some areas. And why do we hold on to them? Because we think in those areas, those unsurrendered places, that somehow our rule in those places is better than God's rule, right? Our way is better than God's way. That's, they're, so they're unsurrendered places, aren't they? Because we don't trust the Lord with this place. Maybe there are works, like, you know, our methodologies or things we're holding on to. But you know what? The greater our faith, the more we get a vision of Jesus the more we'll gladly surrender those areas, knowing that he can do exceedingly abundantly more than what we can do. Exceedingly abundantly more. So we surrender those places and by faith. And it allows Jesus to do the greater work in us, to own us completely, to have his full sway in our life. Now, our faith is great, Because it is true, it is substantial, it is unwavering, immovable, never changing, and absolute. It's absolute. It is the right, the true. It doesn't change. It doesn't alter. It is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. It was the faith of my grandparents. It was the faith of my parents. It is my faith and it is my children's faith. It worked for my grandma and my grandpa. It worked for my mom. It worked for my dad. 
It worked for me. It worked for my husband, Brian. And now I am seeing it work for my children and my grandchildren. This week, my, my grandson, my 17-year-old grandson, yeah, I'm old. My 17-year-old grandson, let me say that one more time. My 17-year-old grandson, I told him to stop growing because he's 6'2", but he wouldn't, had um, appendicitis attack. And it was like, it was so, it was such a God thing, not the attack. But the fact that he's kind of had the stomach flu like every two weeks, right? And he, he's, in a, he's in this Christian boarding school that God opened the doors for, awesome. And he asked his parents if he could come home this weekend. They said, nah, you know, just stay at school, get used to it. But he said, no, I really want to come home. He came home, he was sick all weekend long. Just all week, just all weekend, you know, not feeling well, you know, throwing up. And just his stomach just complaining of how, how much pain he was in. And Kristen who had an appendicitis attack at the same age, said, Michael, I think you should take him to the doctor. And they did. And they found out that his appendix were about to burst. He had an emergency appendectomy. They were able to do it laparoscopically because it didn't burst. And man, it improved my grandson's prayer life like you couldn't believe. He knows it's God. He sees the hand of God in in all of it. Interestingly enough, it was an appendicitis attack that brought my daughter, Kristen, his mother, back to Jesus. It was an appendicitis that my father had at the same age, 17, that got his attention from God. I'm not saying you need a burst appendix, (laughs) but I am saying that our faith is great because it never changes. It works for my grandson just as it works for me. It works for anyone who will call upon the name of Jesus Christ. Anyone and everyone who calls upon the name of Jesus Christ shall be saved. Our faith is great because it is evidential and proven. It works. It works. It always works. It always works. When J. Iris' daughter died and he was on the path to his house with Jesus and the messenger came and said, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the master any longer. Jesus turned to J. Iris and said, have faith. Have faith. Because faith will work. When Peter was about to go through the most trying time of his life, Luke chapter 22, right before the cross, right before Peter's own failure in denying Jesus. Jesus said to Peter, Satan has asked for you by name that he might sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. You see, faith works in any situation. Trusting God and entrusting to God is always the right thing to do. Striving is the wrong thing. Methodology is the wrong thing. Pride is the wrong thing. Aggression is the wrong thing. Anger is the wrong thing. Frustration is the wrong thing. But the right thing is faith in God. It is to trust God and entrust to God. That is always the right 
action to take because it's proven. It works every time. As believers, we do not need greater faith, more faith, or a different faith. We just need to know more about our faith in Jesus Christ, which is the person of Jesus Christ. The more we know about Jesus, his glory, his goodness, his greatness, his grandeur, the stronger the faith we have. Our faith is great because of the object of our faith, Jesus, the Son of God. When we believe in Jesus and put our faith in Him, our sins are forgiven, our separation from God is removed, and we come into a real living relationship with Him. We enter into a covenant with God where He promises to bless and work in our lives as we surrender and trust in Him. This is why our faith is great, because of the person and object of our faith, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We hope you have been blessed by today's Bible study. For more information about the Gracious Words radio program and the teaching ministry of Cheryl Broderson, please visit our website at graciouswords.com. Coming up next time on the Gracious Words program, we'll look at Jesus, the object of our faith, as we continue our series, Our Great Faith, in the book of Hebrews with Cheryl Broderson. We do hope you make plans to join us. Again, for more information, please visit our website at graciouswords.com. This program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.